Baseball's back, baby! I'm your host, Luis Mueller, and welcome to Loaded Talk! Let's load the base of MLB's hottest topics! Let's go! Well, go ahead, who's on first? Yes. I mean, the guy's name. Who? The guy playing first. Who? The guy playing first base. Who? The guy playing first base. <laughs> Who is on first? Why are you asking me? I don't know! Alright, let's have a little bit of fun. Alright, let's have some fun. I hope my mic doesn't go in and out. It, I've been, I have a new setup right now, so I'm trying out a new mic, or I guess a new programming for the mic. Um, so bear with me. Uh, but we have opening day reactions. I mean, opening day was Thursday. The Yankee game got canceled until Friday. So I I watched all the I watched three games. I watched the Red Sox, Yankees, the Marlins, Giants, and the Rangers, Blue Jays. And those are the three I'm going to react to. And we'll start with the Red Sox, Yankees because that, you know that's right up my alley. Hashtag Go Yankees. The Yankees never led the game. I hope you guys know that they only led the game in the tenth when they walked it off. All right, so they only had the lead when they won. Cole, Garrett Cole had a really rough start in the first inning. He gave up three runs. He gave up a two-run home run to Rafi Devers after a walk to Kike. And then I think it was a double uh, by J.D. Martinez driving in another run. Um, so, you know, nothing new there. Uh, but after that, he threw three more innings of shutout baseball, only giving up one hit and no walk. So he found his stuff in the, the second, third, fourth, uh, second, third, and fourth inning. And then the fifth inning, the bullpen came in and was completely lights out. One of the main questions I have right now is Joey Gallo. I I mean, I love Joey Gallo. He has great defense out there in the outfield. But, I mean, he led the league in in strikeouts last year. And this year, he started the season off with a hat trick. He struck out in his first three plate appearances in the Yankee game. I think he was 0 for 4 with a walk for the Yankees with three strikeouts. So, that's not great. Uh, good news for Yankee fans. Stanton, Rizzo, and LeMahieu all homered last night. Judge had a multi-hit game. But on top of that, the Red Sox didn't play poorly. Like, they played a really well game. Uh, a really well-played game. Uh, they they lost to a ground ball with eyes from Josh Donaldson up the middle. So, the only, if, the only uh, question for the Red Sox would be, Probably story going over five. That's a little bit of a uh, underwhelming debut, but it's game one of this. It's game one of the season. We're not gonna overreact. It's Trevor Story. He's gonna figure it out. All right. Verdugo had a two hit night, which is great. Bogarts had a three hit night, and he also had a little bit of a cat, uh, a hamstring. Excuse me, a hamstring issue um, uh, after the game, but it's not gonna be anything serious. I saw him limping out of the batter's box on a, a ground ball he hit. Um, but after not receiving the extension, he went out and got a 3-for-5 game. Same thing with Judge. He had a 2-for-5 game. So we'll get into those extensions a little bit later. Devers even hit a home run. And we'll get into extension for Devers later too. So stay tuned for that. Let's move on to the Marlins and Giants. Logan Webb was lights out for San Francisco, man. I, I want to say get, Gabe Kapler, I like you as a coach. But I think he had a little bit of a, a quick hook on him in the seventh inning. Only because... He was lights out. Like the no, he gave up a walk, and Gabe Kapler came out there, and Carson said, "No, you got to keep him in." I said, "No way, he's keeping. No way, he's taking him out. He's out going out there to talk to the dude." He didn't talk to the dude. He took him out, and then gave up two runs, and almost gave up the lead to the Marlins. So, it almost cost him the lead to have that quick cook. He was only eighty-five pitches in, so I think he could have gave up. He could have probably went in uh, through that seventh inning and pushed into the eighth for Taylor Rogers to come in, and then it wouldn't have been a blown save because Duvall comes in and blows a really bad save. The game was, I believe, four to two. 
was it four to two? Yeah, it was four to two, and they ended up scoring a run on a on a single on an RBI single, and then the very next batter, Jazz Chisholm, comes up and hits a nuke. So it wasn't any walks. It was just a bunch of hits back to back to back, and Duvall just couldn't really locate in in the corners until he gave up the lead. Luckily, Captain Belt had a great day for the Giants. He went two for four on the day, and he didn't play at all during spring training due to an injury, so that was kind of amazing. Joey Bart, the fart, finally, he had his first home, uh, MLB home run in his 36th game in the majors, so congratulations to the fart. Jacob Stallings and Jazz Chisholm, like I said, Chisholm gave him the lead in the ninth. Stallings hit, the, uh, hit a home run, I believe, in the eighth to bring them uh, to within uh, two. Um... So, yeah, great games for the Marlins for Stallings and Chisholm. Uh, Stallings even had three RBIs, and he he threw someone out. So the Marlins really just lacking a closer here, lacking the bullpen. Bender blew the save, then a walk-off double to end the game in the 10th. So, again, just the bullpen up for the Miami Marlins, but a pretty good game to watch. I mean, they, they came back in the ninth, eighth and ninth inning, and then the Giants came back in the bottom of the ninth and ended up winning in the bottom of the 10th because they were down 5-4, uh, Tyro Estrada. Ex-Yankee, by the way, hit a game-tying home run in the bottom of the ninth, and then later on, a walk-off double by Austin Slater, I'm pretty sure, uh, won the game for the Giants. But let's move on to the third and final game of opening day that I watched, the Rangers versus the Blue Jays, all right? The Rangers looked great in the first few innings, and I thought, maybe we were underestimating the Rangers. I thought about that, because Berrios only went a third of an inning. He only got one out. With giving up four earned runs and three hits and two walks against that Texas Rangers lineup. And as of right now, the dude has a 108 ERA, okay? Not, no, 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 not 1.08, not 10.8, but 108.0. Yes, that is a real ERA for the, the guy that the Blue Jays just extended, Jose Barrios. Again, really early in the season. I'm definitely overreacting. Jose Barrios is going to be great for the Blue Jays. But this is a really rough start right after signing that extension. But with that being said, the Rangers had a 7-0 lead heading into the bottom of the fourth with Seager, Garver, and Nathaniel Lau having multi-hit nights. John Gray was having a great game. He only gave up two runs in the uh, in the fifth inning, two or three runs in the fifth inning. He, he gave the bullpen a four-run lead going into the, uh, the fifth inning or sixth inning. And then Toronto proceeded to score... Eight unanswered in response to their 7-0 deficit. So they ended up taking the 8-7 lead, winning the game 10-8. It was a back-and-forth freaking uh, shootout. It was nuts. There was just hit home run after home run after hit after hit. It was it was a, a slugfest. Bobachet had two hits. Vladdy had two hits. And Teoscar Hernandez had a three-run home run to tie it. Chapman didn't have much of an impact offensively, but... Defensively, he had two barehanded plays, and that's what they signed him for, for the platinum glove defense in at third base. I mean, like, come on. And something crazy is during their eight unanswered runs when they were down 7 nothing in the fifth, fourth, fifth, and sixth. Uh, no, in the fourth and fifth inning, yeah. In the fourth and fifth inning, they didn't pull one base hit. The commentators are telling us that they did not pull one base hit. They had one hit up the middle. And the rest of their hits were opposite field. I think that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Let's move on to contract extensions. I'm asking you, what's the guy's name on first oh, base? Oh, no, what's on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. All right, we get to talk a little bit about contract extensions. I'm a little bit bitter 
about talking about contract extensions. I don't know if you know why. We'll get into that next. But right now, we're going to be talking about J.P. Crawford, Jose Ramirez, and Cabrian Hayes. So starting off with J.P. Crawford, go, uh, staying with Seattle, he extended for five years, $51 million. That's an annual average of t a value of $10.2 million, um, which means that he's going to be on the Mariners for another six years. I want you guys to understand that. Because it says a five-year extension, means that it's five years added to this year. So it's a six-year contract. Um, and then the, he's also one of the best defensive shortstops in the game. So this is not necessarily a bad signing. I like this signing. Only for $10.2 million for another five more years of J.P. Crawford up the middle. It's the most important spot in the field, in the infield. And quite honestly, the Phillies would have loved him right now. I, if I asked any Phillies fan out there on the street and asked them if they want J.P. Crawford's defense up the middle, besides D, instead of Didi Gregorius, they would say, yeah, I wish we still had him. But instead, they traded him for basically nothing. At least, I, I think it, it was basically nothing. Let me double check. Oh, they got Gene Segura, who is now just a defensive liability for them. So, yeah, they wish they would have J.P. Crawford. And he, he gets on base a lot at a respectable clip, just shy of 340 in the last two years. He's a good leadoff guy for Seattle. He's probably going to move down in that lineup now that they have Adam Frazier Eugenio Suarez, Jesse Winker, that lineup is becoming a little bit loaded. The J-Rod Show. The J-Rod Show. We know the J-Rod Show. Jared Kalenic. Yeah, there's a lot of guys in that lineup that can really make some noise. Mitch Hanniger. So having seeing J.P. Crawford move down the lineup necessarily isn't because he's he's not performing as well as they want them to or he they want him to, but it's because the team is just good. All right? The Mariners just keep having an amazing offseason, and if you want to hear my detailed uh, opinion on the Mariners offseason make sure to stay tuned for bonus episodes coming out soon I have the Mariners the uh, Red Sox the Blue Jays the Yankees and more coming out there I don't have all the teams done I don't think I'm gonna do all the teams um, but I have guests on those so they're gonna be really short episodes so make sure to keep an eye out for that let's move on to Jose Ramirez J Ram He's staying with the Cleveland Guardians for another five more uh, five years, including this year, so a six-year contract again. It's five years, $124 million, an annual average value of $24.8 million. This extension is going to come into full effect next year. He has a full no-trade clause with the, the Guardians. Uh, and honestly, I'm not going to lie to you, I released the video on Hump Day, the Hump Day edition, you know, Hump Day! You know, the edition of Hump Day! I, I was saying that J-Ram was going to go to the Padres because those were the rumors. Very next day, or two days later, he signs an extension with the Guardians, so I look like a fool. Thank you, MLB. Thank you, Ken Rosenthal, whoever released that news. I was going off of what I learned, all right? I, I, I'm not an insider. I'm not an insider for the MLB, so I get my information from insiders. He's definitely worth the money. I mean, it's only around $25 million, and he's an MVP candidate almost every single year for the team. It's a low AAV for the talent level. He's a gold glove finalist at third base before. The person who beat him out is platinum glover Matt Chapman, okay? One of the best third basemen in the league. The only reason why he's not the best third baseman is because there's a dude named Nolan Arenado who's playing baseball right now. You don't really need numeric stats for Jose Ramirez. If you don't know that he's cracked, well, now you do. He's cracked. All right, it's a great deal for Cleveland, and I guess you know what you can't have in Ohio. You can. Let's move on to Cabrian Hayes because apparently you can't have in Pittsburgh. I'll tell you that. 
you 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 can't because Pittsburgh extended Brian Hayes to an eight year seventy million dollar contract. Okay, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Uh, I mean, eight point seven five million AAV. So like not a high AAV, but a lot of money for a young kid who's only had two seasons in the big leagues. Both uh not full seasons. It's pending a physical, and the reason why I mention the contract is pending a physical is because the dude, Cabrian Hayes, left the game last night with an apparent wrist injury. The same wrist that he missed a bunch of time last season for. So, he missed two months at the beginning. He then was shut down towards the end of the season because of that wrist. He also admitted that he was playing through discomfort because uh, uh, discomfort in the wrist the whole entire season last year. So you don't even know if that wrist is going to heal properly because it's now being a factor in this season. And this is a totally different year than when the injury first occurred. So it's a risky move on both ends. But, I mean, the Pirates get their number one prospect locked up for the next eight years. And he's going to be a gold glove a def- a defender at third base for sure. He is disgusting defensively at third base. So he's going to be worth $8.75 million just because of his gold glove defense. Now, here's the real question. Are the Pirates actually winning like a lot here with the $8.75 million a year? Because in 2020, he, his slash line was 376, 442, and a 682 for a 1.124 OPS, guys. That's a 201 OPS+. plus. In those 24 games he played, he had five home runs, okay? Next season, 2021, he was a below average major league hitter in 96 games played. He slashed 257, 316, and 373. His OPS dropped from the 1.124 to the 0.689 he had last year. That's an OPS plus of 87. He had one more home run than he did in 2020 in about, what is that, 70 games more? That's ridiculous. Almost 70 games more. That's ridiculous, okay? So you don't know what you're going to get if you're Pittsburgh. All you know is that you're going to get reliable defense at third base. And, again, he claimed he played through his wrist com- his, uh, discomfort in his wrist last year, so the wrist injury never really went away. You see what I'm saying? It could This could be a common occurrence every year that the wrist is just going to bother him. The same way Buster Posey had no hips towards the end of his career. All right? <laughs> That's a shout-out, Carson, if you didn't listen to Season 1, but you got to listen to Season 1 to understand that. I think it's an interesting, an interesting extension. I wonder if it's going to get approved by the physical, if he's going to get put, put on the IL and the contract gets voided. That would be crazy. Because then, honestly, if I'm Cabrian Hayes, I just wouldn't sign another extension. Because he could make much more money if he just stays healthy, in all honesty, and hits. But these guys, these three big fish, did not get extended. We're going to talk about them on third base. I didn't even mention a guy's name on third base. Yes, you did. All right, then who's playing third base? No, who's on first? I'm not asking you what's on first. What's on second? Who's on second? Who's on first? I don't know. He's third base. Third base. Third base. All right, this is going to be a little bit of a short block. I, at least I think. I, I'm planning on making a little bit of a short block. But we're going to talk about Xander Bogarts, Mini Poppy Rafi Devers, and Aaron Judge being left hanging by their organizations. Okay? 
Xander Bogarts and Rafi Devers, if you don't know already, are owned by the Boston Red Sox. They're Red Sox players. Bogarts is to be paid $20 million for the next four years by this organization because he signed a six-year extension two years ago. And he has an opt-out at the end of this season that he can and he will probably use. So he's going to probably be a free agent at the end of this year because the Red Sox didn't give him, off, give him an offer that he liked. He rejected their offer. He could probably make somewhere around $28 million in my opinion or something around there. I think his defense hinders him from making a, a 30-plus clip. 30 plus mil, but his offense is more than good enough to make 28, more than good enough. His season, his, his career totals, I think, is above 300 average. That's ridiculous. Also, he says, like normal players, I mean, I wouldn't want to do this. He says he doesn't want to talk about his extensions during the season. Neither do Minnie Poppy, Rafi Devers, and neither does Aaron Judge. I don't blame them. I think you shouldn't, in all honesty. I think it's dumb because it's a distraction. But with Z with Xander Bogarts, with Story just being signed in the offseason, the Red Sox now have a scapegoat or a quote-unquote successor for Xander Bogarts if he does decide to walk out on them. And it's going to be interesting to see where he goes because he's been a Red Sox his whole life. He's been a Red Sox since 16 years old. When they drafted him, I think, in like 2009. Or something crazy like that. It was like, it was before the 2010s when they drafted him, I'm pretty sure. Dude was drafted years ago at 16, and he's never been elsewhere. And he might actually have to go somewhere else. Same thing with Rafi Devers. He's been with the Red Sox his whole, his whole career. He's not scheduled to hit free agency until 2024, following the 2023 season. But this year and one more year of full control for the Red Sox isn't enough. Mini Poppy is the one to extend if you have to choose between De uh, Devers and Bogarts. It, it, it's, it, it, it's a blatantly obvious answer in my opinion. Devers and Bogarts are both clutch. They're both cracked. Yes, I agree. But Devers is younger. He is a lefty power bat that absolutely rakes against anyone and everyone. Defense is a little shaky, but with J.D. Martinez leaving, also in a couple of years, his contract expires. I don't know if you guys know that. Well, the Red Sox need someone to hit. They have Story up the middle already. They don't need Bogarts there because, honestly, that's just going to cause a lot of tension in the locker room because they're both shortstops. I know Story said he's okay with playing second base, but honestly, I'm pretty sure what the Red Sox front office said was, we need you to play second base this year, but next year... We're probably going to let Bogarts walk and you could be our all your, our starting shortstop. And he was like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll play second base for a year. Why not? Yeah. Interestingly, Devers is projected to make more money in, than Bogarts in free agency. And if they can't afford Xander right now, can they really think that they – do they really think they can afford Mini Poppy? Because Mini Poppy deserves probably around – I would say around the same, in my opinion. I think they, they should honestly make around the same amount of money. The only thing is, Poppy, Mini Poppy's younger, so he's going to get a little bit more uh, year, security in years. Uh, I think they're not going to extend Devers until at the bare minimum next year, only because, like, if you really think about it, if you extend Devers, all right, this is just how I think. If Let's say I'm Bogarts, 
and the Red Sox front office goes out and signs Trevor Story this offseason and offers me an extension that I'm like, what, what, what the hell? No, no, I don't want that. And then they go and offer Devers a, an extension, and he's like, yeah, you know what? That's a good one. I'll take that, and I'll stay here. That's disrespectful. I've been here since I was 16 years old as Xander Bogarts. I've been a great bat for you guys my whole career. I have been a loyal man to Boston. I took a pay cut for you guys two years ago. And if they sign Devers, Bogarts is 100% out the door. He's halfway out already. But if he signs Devers, he's 100% out the door. And I think, in my opinion, that would cause tension. Maybe not in the locker room or among Cora and Bogarts, but it would definitely cause tension among the front office and the Red Sox organization as a whole and Xander Bogarts. Because that's just disrespectful, in my opinion. Now, to my favorite one, Aaron Judge and the New York Yankees. If you didn't know he played for the Yankees, you're, you live under a rock. But yes, Aaron Judge plays for the Yankees. Breaking news. But he's been talking with the Yanks for weeks. Weeks. It feels like years for an extension. And I just want to say the mixed reporting on this, it's just so frustrating. I got a, a, a report, a tweet, saying that the Yankees were offering a contract, offering him a contract that will make him the highest paid position player in annual average value in the league. But then I got a tweet, like, literally 15 minutes later, saying the numbers are not even close to an agreement. Judge was asking for way more than the Yankees were offering. And then the official offer came out a few days later, and it was seven years at $213.5 million, which is an AAV of $30.5 million, which isn't the highest paid player in the league, according to AAV, even position-wise, because you have Mike Trout, who's making, I'm pretty sure, like 30-something million dollars a year. It's something crazy. I know he, he's, he's making $400 million in total. It's some crazy crap. I'll look into that more, but I think the Yankees, what they should have done is not give him seven years. They should give him five, give him less years, and increase, jack up that AAV, because that's that's a huge turn on. It's very attractive for free agents to see a high AAV, because they're going to be making the most money that they can in a short amount of time. If you give Judge a seven-year deal, at the end of it, the dude is going to be 37. 37. That's old. Next year is his 31 age season. Did you guys know Aaron Judge was that old? I feel like he just came in the league. I mean, to be fair, he came in at like 26 years old, but Jesus. He's already 31. He's at the end of his prime. What? Cashman and Judge couldn't even agree on arbitration, for Christ's sakes. Cashman filed arbitration at $17 million for Judge. And Judge asked for $21 million. They couldn't even agree on one singular year. I don't know how the hell they're going to agree on five at the bare minimum. Like I said, I would offer him five-year deal for $35 million AAV. I don't know what that is in total, but $35 million AAV for five years. And my justification is that Garrett Cole's on your roster, and he's making $36 million. And Aaron Judge is the most valuable piece on that roster. He, if he goes, the Yankees are not going to win anything. I hope you know that. Aaron Judge is the main reason why the Yankees are even remotely competitive in, in the AL East because the AL East is disgusting. But if Judge leaves, that's going to be a huge loss. We can take, a, we could take Cole leaving. That's going to suck, yeah, but we could take him leaving. 
We cannot take Judge leaving. We need a signed Judge. We need to lock him up. And just remember this. If Judge leaves, we're paying Garrett Cole $36 million for the next, like, what, six years, seven years? Here's a little soundbite, the first soundbite I ever included of what Judge thinks about his extension talks. I'm just disappointed because I think, you know, I've been vocal about, um, you know, I want to, you know, be a Yankee for life. You know, I want to bring a championship back to New York. Um, I want to do it for the fans here. You know, this is, you know, their family. This is home for me. And I love you. Don't leave me. Well, yeah, you know, at the end of the year, you know, I'm a free agent, you know. We've talked to 30 teams, you know, and Yankees will be one of those 30 teams. So, um, you know, it's always nice to try to, you know, wrap something up sooner the better. But Now, I want to make this clear before I, I go to the batter and we, we wrap this podcast up. None of, none of these contract talks are going to happen, and none of this pressure is going to impact any of these three uh, player seasons because they're professionals, they're all-stars, they've been here before, they're going to ball out, and they're going to play a great season. I want you guys to know, I'm not, I'm not saying that they're going to be distracted by this by any means. They're going to have great years, and they're going to have, it's a contract year, they're going to play their heart outs. They're not scared to hit free agency. I don't mind going to free agency. You know, it is what it is. And You just heard what Aaron Judge said. He's not scared. But you know who was scared? This 60-year-old man of the COVID-19 virus. Or was he? Let's find out next. Now batting for the Yankees. Number two. Number two. All right, you guys heard me right. There's a 60-year-old senior citizen man in Germany who is getting the COVID-19 booster shot, or the shot in general, at a remarkable rate. (laughs) He's selling his Vax cards that he gets from these shots, and he's now detained and under investigation. How many shots did he get? Let's hear what you think. I want to hear what you think before I say how many shots he get. How did he get these cards? He got 90 COVID-19 shots, guys. 90. That's commitment. He did it so he could get the real batch numbers for his clientele. Alright guys, now that is a businessman if I have seen one. I wonder if he even feels the side effects or the symptoms of the shot anymore. I feel like after shot three or four, you'll just walk out of the doctor's office like, Yeah, no, I got this doc. I, I know. I've been here before. I can drive home. Don't worry. I'm not going to pass out. I've done it before. And you know how the saying goes, You are what you eat. Because of the things you put in your body. But is that the same thing here? I mean, like, will he just become the COVID-19 virus after, like, his 100th shot? Is that the achievement? Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm your host, Luis Mueller, and that's going to clear the bases here on Loaded Talk. I'll catch you next week.